questions, and we're going to answer them. And I'll give you a hint. It's not if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear, does it still make a noise? That's an easy one. The answer to that is yes, because the shockwave occurs whether you hear it or not. You know, it's uh, ultimate questions. It's who are you? Why are you here? What's wrong with the world and how do I fix it? You know, and those are questions that in every society, every time period, throughout all history, they're questions that mankind asks. You know, and sometimes your life is busy and you don't stop and think about those things. Sometimes you're in a unique situation and you start pondering some of those deeper ultimate questions. You know, yesterday I made the bad decision of riding my bike to, to Lake Piru. And, uh, you know, on the way back, I started thinking things like, this is what it would be like to bike ride in hell. <laughs> I am experiencing it right now on the 126. Um, started getting delirious, and uh, thank you, Dan Roach, for coming to rescue me on the 126. Uh, later, I saw a post where somebody took the temperature on the blacktop yesterday. It was 157. And I go, it, it felt like that. But, you know, during those times of the bike rides, I did start thinking things like, wait, who am I? Like, what? Like, why did I have this idea that this would be good? And why, why am I here? Like, what, like, what am I doing here? Like, why? It's like the hottest day of the year, and I've got this idea. Let's go ride my bike. Yeah, I got, got rescued and got home, and I just sat there on the couch, and my wife's like, do you need to go to the doctor? And I'm like, no, but I need to just sit here and do nothing so I can recover. You know, maybe you're in one of those situations in your life right now where you're kind of living life and then you just, you ended up and you're like, wait, why, why am I here? What, what happened? Like, why did I make this decision? Why did I put myself in this situation? And maybe you're just sitting there kind of stunned. You know, and the people around you are like, you're going to be okay? And you're like, yeah, I think so, but I need to just kind of sit here and catch my breath. And right about then, life's ultimate questions start being asked. In your mind and in your heart. You know, and the first one that we're going to look at is this. Who am I? Here we're going to go to an expert. We're going to look at the Apostle Paul and some input that he gave to the church in Colossi, in uh, Colossians chapter 1, we're going to read from verse 15 down to verse 23. So Paul says this, chapter 1, starting in verse 15. He says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created 
through him and for him, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he's reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, have become a servant. You know, Paul knew what he was talking about. He answered life's ultimate questions. He was a preacher of the gospel. He helped people find answers to what mattered most in life. He would go to foreign cities. He would start churches. And it was with these kind of messages. You know, in our society, they have different answers that you'll hear to this question. Here's one. Who am I? Well, you're just a result of millions of years of mutations. Your life really is kind of an accident. It's kind of random. You know, it's just this natural progression of these random mutations. And so, here you are. You know, if you choose to believe that, then you're nothing special. There is no meaning in your life. You stand for nothing. You're just as important as, you know, any other animal out there. You know, and if you happen to be a a protected frog or a tortoise of some kind, and you encroach on its territory, then the state of California will make sure that you actually have to move. You know, the fact of the matter is, If we subscribe to this thinking, the answer to who am I is, well, we're really nothing important at all. Life all of a sudden becomes completely empty. There is no connection. There is no meaning. There's nothing. But, you know, Paul says, no, that's not the answer to who you are. Paul says this. He says, you are the crowning glory. Of God's creation. You're the most amazing thing that God made. Way back in Genesis, it tells us that men and women were made in the image of God. You know, we live in a really beautiful area, except for when it's 157 on the pavement and then you're riding your bike home. But there's really cool mountains and streams and trees. And, you know, there's a lot of great national parks within a short drive. You know, the first time you see the Grand Canyon, you're like, it's amazing. I remember the first time I went to Yosemite. You know what my thought was? 
Like, what did the first people that saw this think? You know, in the waterfalls and their full glory, and you're like, man, that's that's amazing. You know what? All that, there's some really cool animals, and there's some bizarre animals. And you go, man, those are, God's creation's amazing. But none of that was made in His image. You were made in His image. You were the pinnacle of everything that He made. You are the most important to God. Everything He made culminated in you, in your life. Paul says that everything was made through Jesus. And I want to let you know one thing, because it says He's the firstborn over all creation. The firstborn there, that does not mean that Jesus was the first thing born of creation. What it means is it, it's, a, it's a status thing. When you're the firstborn, you're the top dog from an inheritance point of view. And so it was an authority question. And it says Jesus was the top authority over all creation. The Bible says that everything was made through him. Jesus was the agent of all creation. And you were the crowning glory of all he made. You ever struggle with feeling unimportant or insignificant? You feel like a number? You know, I remember going to, to uh, college, and I remember going to you know, like freshman chemistry class, and there's like a thousand people in the lecture. And I remember once, you know, oversleeping for class because it was at 7.30 in the morning and later that day talking to mom. She goes, well, what are you going to do when they take attendance? I was like, mom, there's a thousand people in freshman chemistry. They don't take attendance. And she's like, wow, that's a really big class. You know, sometimes we feel that way in society, right? I don't matter that much. And yet God's words is just the opposite. You matter to him so much. You're the greatest thing that he made. And Jesus made you. You say, who am I? You are the ultimate. You are the pinnacle. You are the crowning glory of God's creation. You weren't random. You weren't an accident. And you're not a mutant. Okay? So we'll settle that. Even though sometimes we wish we had superpowers. Now, second question. Why am I here? Like, what's the point of my life? What am I supposed to accomplish? You know, Paul answered that to the church when he, when he preached the gospel. You know what society tells us? This. Here's the point of life. You've got to be yourself. You know, we say things like, you've got, you got to be real. You've got to look out for number one. You've got you to be yourself. You've got to enjoy life. Really, that's your purpose? Enjoy life? So then what does that mean? If you're in a situation where it's not enjoyable, you're failing at your purpose. And so now it's up to you to enjoy yourself to the max 
That's what society says. You don't need to be responsible. You don't need to have obligations. You just need to live life to the full. We even take, you know, John 10.10 and we apply it that way and go, oh, that means I just, you know, my path is one of enjoyment. That's what society teaches us. And so anything that would rob us of that enjoyment would compete with that. You know, Paul says, no, that's not why you're here. You're here to bring glory and honor to Jesus. You see what he he said here? He said, all things being created by him and for him. Why? So that in everything he might have the supremacy. You're the crowning glory of all that he created. For what purpose? That Jesus, the Son of God, would be honored. So our mission, our purpose, is to bring glory and honor to the Son. You go, well, but I want to bring glory and honor to myself. Well, we're going we're gonna to ask that question in a moment. But understand that God made you. And God made you for a purpose, and it's to bring glory and honor to His Son. That's really the point of all creation, is to honor the Son. Well, the next question we want to look at is this. What's wrong with the world? You ever ask that one? You know, sometimes we say it in a more uh, theological way. We ask this question. If God is a loving God then how can he let people starve to death? Right? We look at things like this. Why is there suffering? Why is there sickness? Why is there poverty? And so when we're thinking like, what's wrong with the world? What we're really saying is, why did God do this? And so we're asking the wrong question. Because we're looking at God going, God, why, why do you allow this? Why do you cause this? Why is this happening? But Paul defines it differently. And what's he saying? He says this. He says, here's the problem. Me. You. We don't do what we're meant to do. Remember the question before, what's life all about? Why am I here? Well, it's to bring glory to the Son, to Jesus. But we want to enjoy ourselves. We want to do our own thing. And that path produces pain, suffering, sin. Would those things occur if all of us were devoted to glorifying Jesus? You know why people starve to death? It's because as humankind, we don't want to make the effort, we don't want to make the sacrifice to feed all mankind. Why is there abuse? Because people have self-serving needs and take advantage of other people and do mean Sinful things. 
if we were all committed to bringing glory to Jesus, these things wouldn't exist. You see, Paul said, the problem is not up there. The problem is sitting in our chair. You know, I think too often we, we want to take God's judgment, His justice, His wrath, and we want to kind of put that on the shelf. And so we create like this timid God, you know, loving God. We love a loving God, right? Sounds awesome. You know, merciful God, a forgiving God. We love those aspects. But those things don't mean anything without the other side of who God is. You know, what's the terminology that, that Paul used? He, he called us enemies. Other verses of the Bible. It says, we're by nature objects of wrath. You know, you ever had a mosquito try and bite you or successfully bite you? You know, how do you view that mosquito, loving, kind person that we are? It instantly becomes an object of wrath, right? You're like, ah, smack it, you know, and it's like, oh, wow, that, that was a good one. It had like this smear of blood that went with it. You know, when something's an object of wrath, you just squish it. And that's what we are. We're by nature an object of wrath. We're an enemy of God. But what have we done with that view of God? Well, we just kind of put it on the shelf. We go, I don't like the sound of that. You know, Paul, remember, Paul's answering life's ultimate questions. So we put his wrath on the shelf. So then we feel like, well, I can respond on my terms. You know, if we really believed we were objects of wrath, if we really believed that by nature we were enemies of God, we wouldn't waste an hour. We wouldn't waste a day. We'd want to get our life right. We'd want to fix it. Why? Because we'd no longer want to be an enemy of God. We wouldn't look at it as optional. We'd want to respond right away. You see, Paul said the problem with this world is the sin that we cause. It's not a flaw in God's creation. It's not a flaw in God's character. It's not a problem with his love. The problem with our world is us, is sin. And so the final question, how, how can we fix it? You know, the world has a lot of options of, of how we can fix problems. Here's a popular one. Be the solution. Right? That sounds good, doesn't it? You go, now wait a second. Let's analyze that. So the problem with this world is me because I am by nature an object of wrath. So be the solution. How does that fit? That's impossible. We cannot be good enough. We cannot repent enough. We cannot be happy enough. 
We cannot be godly enough. We cannot work harder. We cannot spend more time. We cannot read our Bibles more. We cannot pray more enough to fix the problem with this world. And one of the greatest things of what Paul says is he's going through this passage and in verse 21 when he says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. And then in verse 22 he says, but now. He says, but now. He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. That's one of the most encouraging but now statements. You know, sometimes you hear it the other way, right? Somebody goes, oh, yeah, you know, I think you did a really good job. But, and you're like, oh, here it comes. Here's how you really feel. No, Paul's saying, here's the fact. But now, been reconciled through the blood of Jesus. There's two things that are going to fix the problem. First of all, our problem, our, our moral problem, our sin problem, what's going to fix it? Jesus dying in your place on the cross. That's the only thing. Jesus taking your wrath on the cross, forgiving your sins. It's the only fix there is. It's not adding religion to your life. You know, a little more religious commitment. A little more reading. Do a little more loving. A little more serving. That will not fix it. Only Jesus dying on the cross... For you. Now, if you believe that, it demands a response. You see, it's not automatic, it's available, but you have to do your part in the process. Jesus dying for you. And the second thing is for Jesus to be supreme in everything. If Jesus ran our life, How many problems would be created by sin then? Yeah, we hear WWJD, what would Jesus do? Yeah, it sounds like a really great saying, and it is. If every decision we were making, we thought, what's the one Jesus would make if he were here? And then we did that. Say, how many sin problems would occur? That doesn't mean suffering is going to end. It doesn't mean we're going to escape all trouble. But I'm talking about the self-created sin problems. If Jesus was supreme in all things, what national problems would be solved? We wouldn't have any racism to deal with. We wouldn't have any gender inequality. Uh, We'd just love one another perfectly. We wouldn't have poverty because we'd all share with each other. We'd serve one another. We wouldn't be self-centered. We wouldn't have road rage on the 405 and kick a car if it tried to cut us off. If Jesus was supreme, life's problems would be solved. Paul said, these are the answers to life's 
ultimate questions. See, God made you. That's who you are. You're the crowning achievement of all that he made. That should make you feel awesome. So why am I here? To bring glory to Jesus. That is our purpose. It's not to enjoy our life. It's to glorify him. Now, you know what? The more we glorify Jesus, the more joy and peace we have on the inside. You see, God knows that. That's why he wired us that way. But what's the problem? Me? I don't want to do what I'm meant to do. I want to do something else. I want to be myself. I want to enjoy myself. I don't want to focus on glorifying him. And finally, how do we fix the solution? Only by Jesus dying for you on the cross. That's the only way to fix the moral problem in each one of us. If you're visiting with us, if you're studying the Bible, and this all seems new, man, I want to encourage you. Talk to the person who brought you and say, hey, can we study the Bible? I don't want to be an enemy of God. You can't put his wrath on the shelf. That's a reality. By nature, we're an enemy of God until the day that Jesus dies on the cross for you. And you respond to that. And then finally, how do we fix the problem with the world? By Jesus being supreme. So now you know Paul's answers to the ultimate questions of life. Well, the question now is what are you going to do with it? The theory has become a reality. Paul said, hey, here's the scoop. Here's the truth. Now each one of us has a choice of the path that we're going to choose. You're an amazing creation of God. Are we going to leave devoted to glorifying Jesus? Or will we leave on our own path? I want to focus on enjoying my life. I want to be myself. God will be fine with that. No, that path creates a lot of problems. We like to blame God. The problem is us. It's sin. Say, let's not wait till tomorrow. Let's not wait till next week or next year or when I get older. No, we don't want to be an enemy any longer. Make today the day that you respond. Let's be urgent on the path that we choose. Let's commit ourselves wholeheartedly to glorifying God and to making Jesus supreme in every part of our life. When we do that, We're living out the purpose that God created us for. And we function within our divine created intent. God loves you. And he wants to be with you for an eternity. That's why he made you the way he did. But the choice and the response belongs to each one of us. Let's keep this in mind as we respond together. Let's stand as we close in a final song.